Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, February the 15th. Being overweight or obese is well known to be associated with health problems such as diabetes or cardiovascular disease, although the association between body weight and increased cancer risk is less well known. In a moment, I'll be talking to Dr. Andrew Renahan from the University of Manchester in the UK. He is the author of a study in this week's issue of The Lancet, giving more insight into the association between increased body weight and cancer risk. Before that, a few other highlights to point out from the issue of The Lancet dated February the 16th to the 22nd. The long editorial praises the UK Wellcome Trust for its role in the funding of scientific and medical research, as increased funding for the Trust has been recently announced. We conclude by saying that if the Wellcome Trust adopts a more collaborative approach, then the benefits to the scientific community and to the public at large in the United Kingdom and overseas will be further enhanced. Our editor, Dr Richard Horton, writes about the UK National Health Service in a comment. He argues for a different approach, so rather than talking about the UK National Health Service, we should look at the health system in the United Kingdom. He is calling for an independent technical panel to use a health systems approach to inform the way healthcare is delivered in the United Kingdom. In our World Report section, there are two pieces this week. One about a proposal in the United Kingdom to introduce supervised injecting clinics and another piece looking at domestic violence among women in Nepal. In the letters section, appropriately, this week, much discussion about recent articles in The Lancet concerning the drug Ramonabent. In research, an important cardiology study showing how patients who have had a type of heart attack known as ST elevation myocardial infarction should, after given thrombolysis, be transferred to a centre that can offer percutaneous coronary intervention as soon as possible. And an important study showing how activated charcoal as a treatment for self-poisoning, this is particularly common in rural Asian countries, is not effective despite its wide use. We also publish a linked review looking at self-poisoning and its management. But back to the main feature. This week we publish a large meta-analysis looking closely at the association between increased body weight and risk of cancer. Earlier I spoke to the lead author of the study, Dr Andrew Renahan, from the University of Manchester in the United Kingdom, and I began by asking him to remind us what previous research up until now has told us about the association between increased body weight and cancer risk. It's worthwhile uh, just summarizing some of the history in this area. Given the link between Western lifestyles and many cancers, biomedical scientists have had clues for probably several decades of associations between body weight and cancer risk. However, because the presence of cancer itself can affect body weight, to study this question thoroughly, one needs to have what are called prospective studies of large numbers of individuals whereby weight is measured uh, at a baseline and then individuals followed up for many years and their cancers flagged up by what are called registries. We really didn't have that data uh, in good studies until the early and mid-1990s. The next problem was that to consider this properly, you also had to have studies whereby individuals were measured for other factors that may have confounded. So, for instance, the example of physical activity. So by the early 2000s, the message was becoming a little clearer, and studies were beginning to show that there was an association independent of these confounding factors for some common cancers, such as postmenopausal breast cancer, bowel cancer, 
cancer of the womb and cancer of the kidneys. However, there were still some unanswered and puzzling questions. Particularly, there were some inconsistencies across these studies. It was also difficult to disentangle the associations between genders and across populations of different ethnic origins. And finally, it wasn't clear whether there were associations with other less common cancers. And these were the three main questions that underpinned the aims that led to our study. The clear aims of the study were not so much to find whether an association existed, but perhaps more to clarify what sort of association and how it might vary in different ways, maybe across sex and across ethnic variation. The specific aims were to, to look at the uh, associations between body weight that had been prospectively determined and to look at this in relation to risk of what we call incident cancer, so that the actual development of a cancer, rather than to look at cancer mortality. And to look at this in a very holistic manner over several different cancer types. In the full study, we looked at 20 cancer types. And briefly, if you could, just touch on the methodology here just relatively briefly, because I think it's more interesting to focus on the results and implications, but a large piece of epidemiology here, so you needed to pull together data from various different sources over quite a large time frame. We consider that the methodology was a particularly important strength of the paper and the analysis. Um, we focused, as I mentioned, just on the uh, prospectively, sorry, prospective observational study. We also limited our studies to those that just reported on incident cancer because we knew that uh, in studies that reported uh, on cancer deaths that this may uh, potentially overestimate uh, our findings. We also focused just on studies which would tell us the difference between males and females. As we'll see in our results, there were differences. And what sort of time frame were you accumulating data from? Although our, our searches went back as far as the 1960s, um, we didn't find studies that fulfilled these criteria really until the, the late 1980s and early 1990s. But by taking this approach, we were able to look at over, uh, we were able to look at 20 different cancer types. We were able to capture data from 221 data sets. And this, uh, in total, gave us uh, over a quarter of a million different cancer cases. So in that respect, this is very large numbers and robust data. And in terms of the results that you found, so it wouldn't have been new to find an association in broad terms between an increase in body weight and cancer. But there are some interesting findings, aren't there, relating to specific cancers and also some variations across the two sexes. There were three main findings uh, from the study. As you mentioned, we extended and confirmed the previous findings of associations uh, with the commonly listed cancers. But we also extended these observations to less common cancers, such as the, the blood cancers of multiple myeloma, leukemia, and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, and other uh, less common cancers such as thyroid cancer and melanoma. The second finding was that we showed in certain cancers that there were real differences between uh, associations uh, for men and women. These were best exemplified in the case of bowel cancer where associations are stronger in men compared with women and the reverse uh, for kidney cancer where the associations are more strong for women compared to men. 
The third finding was to show that the associations between body weight and cancer risk are not limited to populations in North America and, and European regions, but actually we showed that the associations are consistent and extend to populations that arise from the Asia-Pacific region. And specifically, we actually identified um, signals that um, even be stronger associations in women from Asia-Pacific in the examples of pre- and post-menopausal breast cancer. Just to be clear about what we're describing here in terms of an increase, because obviously when we're looking at body mass index or BMI, overweight is defined as a BMI of 25 to 29.9, obese 30 or over. Is it a linear association, i.e., you know, if you're putting on relatively more weight, are you at relatively same increased risk of cancer? This was a question that we specifically were able to address given the type of methodology we used. And we were able to do specific statistical analysis to check your question, were there incremental changes uh, as we went up per unit change um, in body mass? And the answer is that it does show to be linear for almost all the cancers. And there was one exception, and that's um, cancer of the uterus, known as endometrial carcinoma, where uh, there's even a greater worry that uh, once you get near the boundary between uh, overweight and obesity, the rate of increase may even go up uh, at a higher rate. So the results are quite clear, but as this is a large epidemiological study, begs obvious questions, doesn't it, relating to biological factors at play here. You touched on that briefly, but presumably this is the next step. Now we've got some epidemiology to better understand the biological mechanisms behind these increased risks, or rather behind the associations. The biological mechanisms uh, are presently hypotheses. We mainly hypothesize that there are hormones or peptides uh, released either directly or indirectly from fat cells in the body, released into the blood, these altered levels over many, many years lead to changes at a, cel a cellular level which favor uh, cancer formation. However, as you say, um, these remain as hypotheses and, and we need to test and explore these in greater detail. And the findings of this study certainly act as pointers in those directions. But if you like, counter to... The the desire or the need to understand, if you like, the biological mechanisms, the epidemiology alone here should, should it not, result in a different approach to our understanding, well, particularly of obesity and overweight and what that can mean, or, or putting it another way, in what we understand our notion of cancer guidelines being. Two things can uh, go on here in uh, parallel. We have had an understanding of the relationships between obesity and other chronic cancers such as heart disease and diabetes for a longer time than we've known for the cancer link. And I think in that field, we are working at a public health level to introduce measures to try and reduce these chronic diseases. However, they are challenging messages and they are often difficult to implement across large populations. So there's a, always a parallel need to understand the biology and develop alternative mechanisms of approaching this difficult problem. Dr. Renahan, many thanks for talking to The Lancet. Thank you very much indeed. And a comment looks at the public health implications arising from the study. Susanna Larsen and Alicia Walk from the Karolinska Institute, Stockholm, Sweden, conclude... 
Excess body weight is one of the major factors that contributes to mortality and the overall burden of disease worldwide. The number of deaths per year attributable to obesity is about 30,000 in the UK and 10 times that in the USA, where obesity has been estimated to have overtaken smoking in 2005 as the main preventable cause of illness and premature death. Because the main causes of the obesity epidemic are overeating and lack of physical activity, efforts are needed to promote healthy food choices and improve urban planning to promote exercise. Reversal of the obesity epidemic will require multiple public health approaches. Communities, workplaces, schools and medical centres are subject to federal and governmental regulations that could be modified to make the environment more conducive to healthy foods and physical activity. Efforts will be needed to increase education on diet and physical activity train health professionals, restrict advertisements of high-calorie and low-nutrient foods, limit access to unhealthy foods in schools and workplaces, levy taxes on sugary drinks and other foods high in calories, fat or sugar, lower the prices of healthy foods and promote physical activity in schools and workplaces. National Cancer Plan should include all these factors to reduce obesity and thus decrease cancer incidence and increase survival. And thanks to my colleague Ronwyn Emerson for reading the concluding paragraph of that comment. Well, that concludes this week's podcast. Many thanks for listening. See you next week.